Have you ever been in a hunt for car keys or a missing earring that match to a set of socks? If you are like most people, that's happened before. And if you're like me, it has happened a lot. So how can we grow in the Lord in those irritating times? And what does that maddening hunt for a lost item teach us about God and God's character? Well, stay tuned for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates prayer. Hello and welcome to Storming the Gates. I am Joni Scott and I am your hostess. I want to remind you that you can connect with me on Instagram, Storming the Gates. Um, I'd love to see you there. That's where I spend most of my social media time. You can also email me at joni at stormingthegates.net and be sure to visit the website where you can sign up for our newsletter, stormingthegates.net. There will be a newsletter that goes along with this podcast today, a little Bible study to get us all started together. So be sure to sign up for the newsletter, stormingthegates.net. There are many names people have given God. Uh, For instance, Hagar called God the one who sees, and Abraham called him the God who provides. And we are going to add to that list today, the God who finds stuff. Yeah. So a couple days back, I was preparing my bus for a sports trip, and somehow my favorite face mask, which is a requirement still here in Michigan, disappeared. So I looked in, I looked under, I looked around the bus, and nothing. Two days have passed, haven't found it. That's a reminder to me that some things just aren't found for some reason, but God knows where it is. So why do we search and search and not find? And then those other times where God directs our path or mysteriously causes the item to reappear. And you know what? Due to my constant misplacement of things this past week, it really made me think, what does God say about himself? What can we learn about him in those frustrating times? First of all, let's look at a woman that Jesus talked about in the Bible. They don't say her name, but it could have been Joni. (laughs) Luke 15, verse 8 to 9 says, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the floor, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my lost coin. Well, here we have a gal who had ten coins, but one is missing. And clearly that coin has great value to her even if she already has nine others. She lights a lamp to look for it because, why? Because she can't sleep. Her mind is restless until she finds that coin. She sweeps her entire house and finally she founds it. Then she's jubilant and she tells her friends all about it. Well, I can relate to this woman. Recently, I lost my AirPods. I would like to say this is an unusual event, but it's not. I feel like I lose my AirPods all the time because I'm wondering, did someone see them and snatch them up like Gollum when he found the one ring in the Lord of the Rings? AirPods are so tiny and yet so valuable, especially to teenagers or to people like me that listen to a lot of podcasts as we walk. 
If you don't have a set of AirPods, hmm, you ought to get some honey. Well, there was a set of AirPods I lost just after school's spring break this year. I had been to Texas, and I knew I had them with me there, but I didn't remember ever seeing them afterwards. Well, for one, almost as soon as I got back, husband and I were very ill, and nobody was thinking about AirPods for a couple weeks. When we were finally well and I was ready to return to work, I began searching in earnest. I had not seen them in about three weeks by then. I looked at all the household places where I tend to place them, where I expected to find them. Next to my bed, on top of my dresser, in the drawer, nowhere to be found. So then it's like, okay, they're not where I expected. So secondary searches, under couch cushions, under the bed, inside the suitcase, nothing. And this is the point I begin to panic. And this is what happens. We search for a while and then we start to panic and the mind begins to race. The heart begins to beat. Francesca Batticelli wrote a song that I can relate to and maybe you can too. The lyrics say, I lost my keys in the great unknown and call me please because I can't find my phone. This is the stuff that drives me crazy. This is the stuff that's getting to me lately. In the middle of my little mess, I forget how big I'm blessed. This is the stuff that gets under my skin, but I've got to trust you know exactly what you're doing. Might not be what I would choose, but this is the stuff you use. Well, what Francesca Batticelli said in those little frustrations was that she needed to trust God still. And remember, she's blessed, even though life has so many inconveniences. But I really like the line where she says, this is the stuff you use. Because when something's lost, I tend to think, really? Keys, phones, AirPods? God, do you really use my silly mistake? So let me go on. After I had scoured the house and my truck for the AirPods without any luck, I remembered a couple incidences from the past where God assisted in helping me find other stuff. For instance, years ago, I was walking in the 80-acre field beyond my house, enjoying the sunset of a brisk fall day. At the time, I had totally forgotten about the checkbook in my coat. Now, you young folk might not be familiar with a checkbook, but it's kind of like a paper debit card. Only you have to do the math. Yeah, you have to do your own math on little sheets of paper. And that way you know how much is in there. You can't just go check your bank account online back in those days. <laughs> well, I could replace the individual, the checks, but the book where I tallied the amount of money I had in the checkbook was extremely important in those days because we really did live paycheck to paycheck, as they say. Well, I was walking through the field and at some point some deer actually frightened me because they snort and they stamp their hooves when you surprise them. So I ran towards the house, coat flapping beside me as I awkwardly galloped over the rough terrain. But I didn't realize the checkbook was missing until the next day. The kids got up and we were dressing for our outing to a store and I finally realized it was missing and I needed that checkbook. I was raising five rambunctious little kids at the time, and it was my lifeline to food or gas or just going on a visit to a friend's house. 
But alas, that checkbook was not found that day and we were not able to get to the store. But I did begin to realize it must have fallen out of my coat that night that a herd of deer spooked me. So after husband got home, he and I wandered the grassy slopes and trails, searching diligently for hours to no avail. How could I go on without knowing how much I had in there? I looked over at my husband as he completed his walk through the field. His head was down. He's carefully surveying the ground. Let's pray, I called to him. I am praying, he insisted as he kicked at the tall grass. Well, I understood. I'd also been praying, pleading with God to show me where the checkbook was for like 24 hours. The prayers produced nothing but silence and windswept hills. Back at home, I sat by the window and I was looking out beyond our house as the breeze was swirling around the wild grass. I was done looking for that checkbook, but I did whisper a prayer. Lord, you know I need that checkbook. Send it to me, please. Well, a few minutes later, I spotted a couple meandering through the field. Then they began to walk towards our house. Well, that was odd. They didn't look familiar to me. Soon they were knocking at our door and they were holding out my slender brown checkbook. Is this yours? The woman asked. She was so kind. Yes, I gushed. We were looking and looking. How did you find it? Well, it was odd, the husband replied. For some reason, we left the trail where we usually walk, and then I stepped on something that wouldn't feel like anything I'm used to, didn't feel like dirt. And then, buried under the thick grass, was this checkbook. He assured me, you never would have found it without actually feeling it below your feet. <laughs> so I got to send that checkbook to me, and he did. But why didn't God show us where it was when we were combing the hills in a frantic hunt? Hmm. Let me tell you one more story that I think helps answer that. This particular time, I had indeed lost my keys in the great unknown. Once again, the kids were up and we were getting ready to leave, but not for a mere shopping trip. Who <laughs> no. This time we were getting ready to leave for our bi-monthly big event, which was going to library and to homeschool group. I mean, this was a significant trip for my brood of five and we made it twice a month. But the keys to the van were missing. And my husband, who was working out of town, of all things, had the spare set. So the kids and I were in an immediate swirl of activity as a crazed hunt for the keys ensued. For over an hour, the clock ticked as we uncovered every drawer, nook, cranny. The keys are simply nowhere to be found. Time was running out to find the keys and still make it to homeschool group. My little troop were fighting tears as they realized they'd have to give up their big day in the nearby city. I gathered them around me. Let's pray, I said. I have been, the oldest declared, and the others nodded along with her. No, no, no. We're going to stop and pray. Not a one of them was interested in foregoing the key quest in the final moments of the hunt, but they knew by the firm tone I meant business. So they meekly gathered around me in the dining room. Let's hold hands. I heard agitated sighs. Clearly, the extra second it was going to take to hold hands was too much for them to bear. Close your eyes, I instructed. At last, the kids complied. 
Once they were all calm, I started with a simple prayer, asking God to show us where the keys were. Then my oldest, Luke, joined in, and he prayed such an impassioned plea. I had to open my eyes to see his cute little face, all squinched up as he intensely poured out his heart. Just then I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. I turned to look atop our upright piano, directly beside me, at eye level. Where are the keys? I gently released my hands and quietly grabbed the set of keys from the piano top, and then I held them in the middle of our prayer circle. As soon as Luke finished praying, I said, Amen. The kids opened their eyes and saw the keys in front of them. Well, you can imagine there was great rejoicing as I explained to them how I found the keys right next to me when we stopped to pray. And then we all scurried to the car and got to homeschool group in time. Alrighty, so now I live in a new world. Today, we have debit cards, key codes, but you know, I have to lose something. And lately, it's been my AirPods. And this time when I lost my AirPods, I had looked everywhere and there was nowhere else to look. But I remembered how we never seemed to find anything as long as we fretted and prayed. It seemed the answer came when we stopped and prayed stopped fretting, stopped panicking, trusted God to hear those prayers. And could it be that as long as we hunt and pray, we are really trusting the hunt? We're trusting our own activity and strength and not the Lord? So after I conceded defeat, I asked the Lord to show me where they were. And then I walked away and went about my day. Well, part of that day included picking up my daughter and her boys after an appointment, and I put the boys' car seats in the back of my truck, and I noticed it was a perfectly clutter-free environment. But once I was home again after dropping them off, I thought I should double-check the back seat because the boys might have left a toy or left something behind. So I went out to my truck. Nothing was left behind, except that there, right in the middle of the floor, standing out against the gray carpet, was my AirPods. And I'm telling you, I know I looked there. I know I'd looked under and beside the seats, but suddenly it was lying there. So it had gotten tired of playing hide and seek. And now we merged where I could see it. Or God moved it, right? It may have used my grandkids scurrying about to jog it loose, but whatever the case, it was found. Because after I quit, and prayed, and rested in the outcome, God allowed me to see it. You know, there are a lot more important things lost than keys and AirPods, because we could have have lost a loved one. We may have lost our way in life. We may have lost our peace of mind. And yet it seems all those things lost in the great unknown can still be found the same way. God causes us to find missing keys and AirPods. Stop, take a deep breath, quiet your mind, give God time where you're not running to and fro, ask God for help, walk away, trusting him. When you fret again, rinse and repeat. The woman in the Bible swept her whole house to find a coin. 
and Jesus used that parable to explain his heart for sinners. He said, In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Well, souls are certainly more valuable than keys. But whether it's lost keys or lost soul, God is letting us know he is aware of them. He knows right where things are at. He knows how to find them. And panicking and pacing will not produce the lost thing any sooner. So stop. Take a deep breath. Quiet your mind. Give God time. And ask him for help. Then walk away. Trusting him. Rinse and repeat. You know what, honestly, just before creating this podcast, I lost another tiny AirPod and I had to do the whole searcheroo all over again. I thought it had fallen out while I slept, so I stripped off the layers of sheets and blankets, shaking them out, looking under the bed, nothing. The Find My app didn't produce the chirping sound that it usually does if an AirPod is nearby. So in agitation, I flung the pile of bedding on top of the mattress. Great, I murmured to the Lord. I'm about to do a podcast on how you find things, Lord, and I've gone and lost my AirPods again. As the last word completed itself, I looked over and there, directly next to me, on top of the pile, its little white self standing out against the navy blue sheet was the missing AirBud. It was so weird and so surreal. And I also felt that God was reassuring me And he wants to reassure you that he is indeed the great finder, even when you are the one who is lost. Matt Maurer has a song that says, if you're scared that you don't matter, if you're lost and need to be found, if you're looking for a savior, all you got to do is turn around. You know what? If you're lost today, it's time to be found. God knows right where you're at, and he's with you. So stop, take a deep breath, and turn around to see him. All you have to do is turn around. Lord, I just pray for anyone who's out there today who feels lost, who feels like they're not where they belong, they don't know where they belong. Lord, I ask that Today, as they stop, take a deep breath, rest, trust you as they pray and walk away knowing that you have this under control, that you will indeed meet with them in a powerful way. I pray for those who've lost something, maybe something very important. I pray that you'll give them peace. Maybe it's time to give up searching and just rest in the Lord today. If you have a story and there's something maybe you lost and found or you uh, would like prayer for something, please email me, joni at stormingthegates.net. I'd really love to hear from you. Don't forget to like and review this podcast on whatever platform you use. We'll be with you again in a couple of weeks. Until then, take a deep breath and rest in the Lord. (laughs) God bless you. We'll see you soon.